0: 68 and verse number 19 and then also Psalm 103. We'll start with those two verses. Now these aren't on your papers. If you don't want to fill in the papers, that's fine. I just I just always use them because it keeps me on track and keeps me from getting way off track with war stories. but uh, if you're over 20, I can't read your writing anyway, so but they're there for you to look at and hopefully they're a help in some small way. Tonight we're going to look at God's supply of abundance. I was telling you earlier about how important a concordance is, and all I did for this particular lesson is to just look up the times we find that word abundance, and then we try to tie it all together in a nice little package. <coughs> Under, uh, after you put your name on there, background illustration, let me give you a definition of abundance before we get started here. Abundance means, number one, more than enough Okay, it means plentiful. It means bountiful. In the two verses we're going to look at in Psalm 68, verse 19, which is not on your paper, if you want to add that, you can. In Psalm 103, verse 2, remind us to be thankful for the abundance that he gives us. Uh, Psalm 68, in verse number 19, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. And might I add an abundance of benefits. His benefits are out of this world, okay? Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. And you remember the definition for Selah, those of you that have Selah? Selah means to think about that for a while. My little granddaughter, whenever she used the word Selah, I'd say, what does Selah mean? And she'd say, hmm. It means think about that for a while. A long while. Daily, he loads us with benefits. every breath. Every heartbeat, the lives of our families, our children, our loved ones. He just daily loads us with benefits. And you compare that with Psalm 103 and verse number 2. Psalm 103 and verse number (coughs) 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He benefits us in an abundant, abundant fashion. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the great abundance that you have and your great generous spirit that shares that abundance and all those benefits with us. Lord, we need your help for these next few minutes to listen to the Holy Spirit's tug on our heart as we learn how to be more grateful and more thankful and more aware of the many abundant blessings you send our way. Help us, Lord, not to be people of ingratitude but help us to be people that are full of gratitude and this is of course how we give glory to you help us not to be a thankless people but help us to be a, a thankful people well thank you for helping us tonight through this short challenge in your name amen now you've probably heard the quote before more than once never say never and never say always now, you and I need to be very, very careful when we say never. I will never get mad at my sister. <laughs> you usually can't keep that, okay? I will never, ever buy the wrong car. Don't ever say never because you're going to get hooked if you do. And don't always say always. Uh, you know, I will always, I will always pick up ice cream after work, okay? Because sooner or later you're going to forget. But the idea is that only God can use those words really effectively. He can say never and mean it. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When he says it, he means it. And it's real. He said, I will always be there to help you. When he says it, he means it. When you and I say it, we mean it most of the time, but sometimes we slip and fall and we don't do so well in that area. I want to give you four abundant provisions for believers in relationship to this word abundance tonight. Roman numeral 1, we're going to look at salvation being initiated, initiated by God's abundant grace. Salvation is initiated by God's abundant grace. And then we're going to look at Roman numeral 2, is the word activated. Salvation is activated by His mercy. It starts with grace, for by grace are you saved. It starts with grace. It's initiated by grace. And then it's activated by mercy. He just gives and gives and gives and gives and gives. He's got a huge warehouse of mercy, and he loves to share that with us. Roman numeral three, salvation is stimulated by his power. He's powerful. We're not. When we're weak, he's strong. He doesn't need our strength. We need His strength. you know. So often we do so much in the flesh. I was just praying a minute ago about how you know, i got to apologize to the Lord many times because I'm trying to do things in the flesh. I can do this. And the Lord says, are you sure? You need my strength. I don't need your strength. And we've got to remember that. We're stimulated by God's abundant power. And then number four, we're going to look at salvation is motivated by the abundant life. Salvation is motivated. So Roman number one is initiated. Roman number two is activated. Roman number three is stimulated. And Roman number four is motivated. You say, those are some pretty fancy words, Pastor Forsberg. Did you think of them all by yourself? I got Lynn's help on this one, okay? (laughs) Lynn, help me a little bit. Let's go back to Roman number one and let's look up a couple verses. Romans 5.17. In Romans 5.17... Well, since I have the microphone, I guess I'm stuck with reading these. So I'll try to get there and you just listen carefully. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 17. For if by, by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Sin results in death. This is number one under letter A there, Roman numeral one. Sin results in death, but praise God, number two, salvation results in delivery from death. Sin results in death. If we don't handle the sin issue, we're in trouble, okay? How how does the saying go? Born once and die twice, or born twice and die once. When you're born again, you never worry about dying. I mean, I'm not looking forward to the pain right before the initial departure, but uh, I'm really not afraid of death because the Lord has taken care of that. We're delivered from the sting of death. We go through a little bit of the suffering sometimes, and sometimes on a rare occasion we go through a lot of suffering. Somebody asked me the other day, will we, will we really, really suffer right up to that minute when, he, when we die? And I said, well, it depends on how well you know the Lord. Some people are able to relax in their suffering and not feel a thing. Other people, they uh, because of their nervous system and the way they've been taking care of their body, they have to, they have to endure some of that suffering. But uh, I haven't experienced it yet. But dying is not easy. Okay. But I'm thankful that the Lord delivers us from the death issue, and we see that in Romans 5:17 through His abundant grace. And then, secondly, in 2 Corinthians 4:15, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 15, we read this. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Number one under letter B there, all things happen and occur for our sakes. Everything happens for our sake, for our growth, and many times for our goodness. You say, well, Pastor, I don't understand it. I had a flat tire today. Well, praise the Lord for the three tires that didn't go flat, okay? God's trying to teach you something. He's trying to, Maybe he's working on you in patience. Maybe he just wants you to learn how to change a tire. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord. We need to remember that it's, it's in his abundant grace that we're able to deal with things that happen and occur in our life. We don't deal with it as the world deals with it. We deal with it differently because we have trust in God. Number two there under letter B, grace and gratitude bring glory to God. Uh, Psalm 84, I think is the verse for the Lord. God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. You say, "Well, why does he give us grace? <laughs> he gives us grace because I believe he wants us to share it. He wants us to be a graceful people, not just grateful, but he wants us to be graceful. He wants us to pass along the grace that he gives to us. If you've trusted Christ as your savior and accepted his gift of grace, he wants you to share that with others. Grace is something that we don't hoard. It's something that we share. Don't forget that. It's very important. So salvation is initiated by God's abundant grace. Sin results in death, but salvation results in delivery. All things happen and occur for our sake, and grace and gratitude bring glory to God. Don't forget that. Let's look at the second one here. Salvation is activated by His mercy. In Titus chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Titus 3. Now, if I was... Computer savvy, and I'm not, I could just push a button and these things would be right in front of me. But I like traveling through the woods trying to find Titus here. Come on, Titus, where are you hiding? Titus is one of those little books. I should make you look them all up and read them. That's what I should do. I'm there, okay? You thought I'd never get there. Titus chapter 3. Let me read verses 5 and 6. I'll include four. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly. There's that word we're focusing on tonight. He shed upon us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Okay? Number one under letter A there, Roman numeral two. Works of righteousness are of no value before salvation. They're of no value before salvation. No work you can do will help you get saved. But after salvation, works are gratitude. Your, your coming to church is, is your way of saying thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Every time you sing a worship song, that's gratitude. Thank you, Lord, for being good to me, allowing me to be born in America. Remember, only 5% of the world's population are Americans. (laughs) We could have been born in some pretty sad places, but God let us be born here. We need to be thankful for those things. But works of righteousness, trying to work our way into heaven, there's of no value there. We need to accept his free gift of grace and mercy. Number two here, salvation is only by his grace and mercy. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith. We have a motto: We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. That's it. it has nothing to do with our baptism, even though baptism is important. It has nothing to do with our church membership, even though church membership is important. Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. And once we get in, then we sign up for the uh, at a good church so we can get involved in the church and we can learn to grow uh, in his, in this area of abundant mercy. Let her be under Roman numeral two. Here is First Peter. 1 and verse 3. 1 Peter 1 and verse 3. Still awake, class? Say amen. Are we having fun? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy... There it is again. His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Without his mercy, number one under letter B, we would still be dead. We'd be boring and dead as a doornail without Christ. According to it, according to his mercy, we've been given a lively hope, according to verse number three here. According to his abundant mercy, he hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. We're not meant to be deadbeats we meant to be live beats, if I can say that. I heard about an evangelist one time. And in order to draw a crowd in the big city, he put his hat down, and underneath his hat was a Bible. And then the people would be walking by on the street, and he'd say, it's alive, it's alive, it's alive. And he'd jump on a chair, he'd jump on a car, he pointed at his hat, and he says, it's alive, it's alive. And then when the crowd gathered to try to figure out why he was so crazy, he took his hat off the Bible, picked up the Bible, and began to preach. Uh, we have a lively hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, and our testimonies ought to be lively. I mean, we we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't be sucking on sour dill pickles all day long. We should look like we love Jesus, and uh, we should look like we're excited about His Word in our life. So, without His mercy, we would still be dead. And according to His mercy, we have a lively hope. First Peter one three. So that's Roman numeral two, activated by His abundant mercy. Works of righteousness are of no value. Salvation is only by his grace and mercy. And in 1 Peter 1:3, without his mercy we would be dead, and according to his mercy we have a lively hope. Let's go to Romans 3. Salvation is not only initiated and activated, it's stimulated. It's stimulated by God's abundant power. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 20. Ephesians 3 and verse number 20. (laughs) Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Uh, Verse 19 says that we get to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge and that we are filled with all the fullness of God so that he can work within us. Unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly in us and through us. Number one, under uh, letter A there, we can't even ask for all that we need, but he loves to give it to us. He stimulates us with his generosity. He really does. And then number two, he gives above all that we can ask or think. He supplies our every need. And we need to remind young people and teenagers, we don't get everything we want, but he does give us what we need. And he promises that in his word. And he does that because he's abundantly powerful. And then in acts one eight we see the abundance of power in our witnessing endeavors, Acts chapter one and verse number eight. But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Okay, number one under letter B, we have zero power without the Holy Ghost. Without the abundant power of the Holy Spirit, we can only witness in the flesh. And yet generally we get a false conversion if we're witnessing in the flesh. Somebody might have prayed a little prayer and somebody might have said they'll see us in church. But if they didn't truly have their heart saved, they won't be in church and you'll probably never see them again. It's important that the Holy Ghost is included in our witnessing endeavors. It's because it's through his abundant power that we have success. And then secondly, number two under Acts 1, 8 there, we get witness power for all parts of the earth. Uh, The two names I mentioned tonight in prayer are both people I'm trying to win through the mail. You say, well, why would you do snail mail with all this technology that's out there? Because people are pretty impressed when they get a letter i was just amazed at that. We had a missionary here one time, and he couldn't believe that we had written him a letter. He said, who writes letters anymore? Well, Forsberg still writes letters. Miguel Gorbachev, the uh, one-time leader of Russia, was invited to the University of Minnesota for some kind of a speech at the college there. And uh, I had heard through the grapevine that Miguel Gorbachev's grandmother was a believer, I, I just, somebody had said that she was a believer. And so I thought, I wonder what would happen if I sent a letter to the University of Minnesota and told them to give it to Miguel Gorbachev. Little old me up there in northern Minnesota. I thought, well, if it's not of faith, it's not any good at all. So I sat down by faith and I said, please, who's ever working there at the university? Miguel Gorbachev is coming to town, please give this package to him. And then I I put together a little package and I put a gospel track in there. I think I put a daily bread or a, a days of praise or maybe a Baptist bread or something. But I loaded up this envelope full of all this tracks and literature. And then I shipped it to the University of Minnesota president's office or this whatever, who's ever in charge of the mail down there. And then I kind of forgot about it. Because usually when you write to celebrities and important men and important women, nine times out of ten, they don't write back. It's just like you don't exist. You don't hear anything. And this was the case. I just kind of forgot about it. I thought, you know, it was an attempt and nothing happened. Well, believe it or not, after about six weeks, I get this letter from the governor's office in Minnesota. Rudy Perpich, it's signed. It's still in my files someplace. But uh, Rudy Perpich had his staff put together a certified letter with his stamp, and I think it's even got the governor's seal on it. And the letter said something like this, Dear Mr. Forsberg, you and about 30 people wrote to Miguel Gorbachev. And we just want you to know that all that material has been forwarded to the Kremlin in Moscow. (laughs) really it went all the way to moscow that little gospel did he read it i don't know will he be in heaven i don't know but i was impressed and i felt good that the mail went through almost better than today's mail going through but uh i was impressed that the lord somehow he encouraged my heart by letting me know that miguel gorbachev or somebody in moscow got the package. And uh, hopefully it went to the right person, and hopefully it did some good. If we don't witness, nothing happens. You know? But if we do witness, watch the Lord work, especially if you're witnessing in the energy of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to the last one here. Uh, one, salvation is initiated. Two, salvation is activated. Three, was salvation is stimulated by God's power. Now, number four, salvation is motivated by God's abundant life. John chapter 10 and verse number 10. John 10 and verse 10. (coughs) The thief cometh not but to for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come, that's Jesus speaking, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. A more abundant life. Number one under letter A there. Satan's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. The opposite of the Lord's purpose. The Lord's purpose is to give grace and to give glory and to give help and to give hope and to give daily benefits. That's the Lord's business. The devil's business is to steal and kill and destroy. And he's had about 6,000 years to practice, and he's pretty good at it. I wish he wasn't so good at it, but he's pretty good at it. And then number two here, Jesus' purpose is to bring us into the abundant life. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. An abundance there is a fullness of the Holy Ghost. It's an abundance of the Holy Ghost. Let's look at these three verses in closing. Acts 6 verse 3. Acts 6 and verse 3. That's probably the city garage calling and saying we shouldn't be driving on the tar. Acts 6 and verse 3. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you, seven men of honest rapport, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. This is part of the abundant life to be full of the Holy Ghost and have wisdom. Look at Acts 7, verse 55. Chapter 7, verse 55 of Acts. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Full of the Holy Ghost. We're promised wisdom, we're promised focus, and we're promised faith in Acts 11 and verse number 24. Acts 11 and verse number 24. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Full of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost fullness is 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 what we need today more than anything. You remember the twenty third Psalm, I think it is. Um, getting old, but I'm trying to wrap this up in an effective way. What is what is Holy Spirit fullness? I asked that to one of my college professors one time. I said, "What's Holy Spirit fullness anyway? what does that, what does that really mean?" Um, Verse number 5 of Psalm 23. You don't have to turn there. You already know it. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. That's Holy Spirit fullness. It's when when we bubble over with God's goodness and God's power in our life. That's Holy Spirit fullness. That's an abundance of the Holy Ghost. He is our great invisible encourager. The Holy Spirit. And we have not because we ask not. I think think it's very important that we not let the the Pentecostals and the Charismatics run away with the Holy Ghost lessons. We could use some of that Holy Spirit power in our own lives, and uh, it'll certainly be helpful in witnessing. Okay, very quickly, I'm going to review this, and then we're going to pray and let you go home. Salvation is initiated by God's abundant grace. Number two, it's activated by His abundant mercy. Number three, it's stimulated by His abundant power. And number four, salvation is motivated by God's abundant life that he gives to us. Okay, let's appreciate his abundance. Let's stand and have a word of prayer. It is three minutes to eight, so I should get a special medal for finishing early. Okay, if you're glad you came to church tonight, say amen. Amen. Again.